We're going to uh, look at our Bible passage now. So if you'd like to have the Bible handy, that would be good. Let's just pray again as we come to God's Word. Lord, that you would help and guide us as we look at your Word and we think about redemption today and that you might just touch us with this great truth. Amen. So I wonder, when you think of the word captivity, what comes to mind? Perhaps a prison cell, perhaps being a captive in war, perhaps being in lockdown in New South Wales. I think for me the image that comes to my mind when I think of captivity is the image from the movie Ben-Hur, where the main character, Judah Ben-Hur, is stuck as a slave rowing in a slave boat in the Roman Empire. Can you remember the image from that movie? Uh, with the man hitting the drum to remind the slaves how quickly they were to row, with the seriousness of the impending war with the other boats and with the scary music in the background in the movie. Well, today we're talking about the big word redemption and it's a word that talks about the image of captivity. It's a word that talks about the idea of slavery Now, our first point today is that we humans were once in captivity. Have a look at verse 13. It says that God has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. You see, this implies that we were once in captivity, but God has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. We humans were in captivity. Now, how did this happen? How did this happen? Well, let me explain. I wonder if you're ever out at a party or something and someone asks you how you and your spouse met and you don't just tell them one little thing. No, you go all the way back to the beginning of the story to tell them how it began. Well, it's the same with the issue today. To understand our captivity in sin, we need to go right back to the beginning of the Bible story. So let's do that as I explain this. You see, we know that God created the world as a perfect world. He put Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden and it was a perfect, beautiful existence. But something went wrong. Adam and Eve chose to disobey the word of God. They chose to sin against the Lord. They chose to trust the word of Satan rather than the word of God. And so mankind fell from its privileged state in Eden Mankind fell and the whole world fell and we became a part of this broken and fallen world. Now you might have heard the cliche, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Well, that cliche does not apply with the devil, does it? You see, we do not want to have anything to do with the devil in our life. But unfortunately, Unfortunately, the Bible teaches that when we became captive to sin in the fall of man, that we also became captive to the devil. You see the text in Colossians? Since Adam and Eve ate that fruit, we've all been held captive by the devil in the dominion of darkness. That people without Christ are dead in their trespasses and sins. They follow the ways of this world. They follow and live in the kingdom of the devil. As Ephesians says, without Christ we live in the kingdom of the prince of the power of the air, the devil himself. 
So the state of humans without Christ is a terrible situation. We've been fooled by the evil one, the devil. In fact, he holds them captive. Those without Christ are captives to sin and to the devil and without God's intervention, they will never be released. But friends, what we shall learn today as we study redemption is that there is hope. There is hope. See, our second point today is we've been rescued from the dominion of darkness. We've been rescued from the dominion of darkness. See there in 13? He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us in to the kingdom of the Son, in whom we have redemption. So we've been rescued. We've been ransomed. We've been saved by Jesus. The price has been paid. We've been rescued from the dominion of darkness. Now, Mel likes watching the uh, show Bondi Rescue with those hunky-looking surf lifesavers on Bondi Beach. Uh, I'm not sure if you've watched it before, but it's an interesting show. It's amazing how often silly people can get themselves into trouble on Bondi Beach, isn't it? And the team at Bondi Beach quite often is called to come to the rescue, to rescue the troubled swimmers from the dangerous surf conditions. Well, we've been rescued by what Jesus did on the cross. Look at the Bible text. We've been rescued from the dominion of darkness. You see, the Bible teaches us that Jesus on the cross has saved us from the hands of the evil one. Satan's big thing against us was that we are sinners and that he can accuse us and we should be rightly judged by God for our sin. But when Jesus dies on the cross for our sin, he takes Satan's gun away. That he can no longer accuse us, no longer has hold of us because our sins have been forgiven. See, this text says we're brought into the kingdom of the Son. And then it says in whom, in Jesus, we have redemption. Redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So let's have a think about our big word for today, redemption. The word redemption speaks to us of a rescue or a ransom that has taken place. In the Old Testament and the New Testament, the word redemption refers to being set free from captivity by the payment of a price. That's redemption, being set free from captivity by the payment of a price. What was the captivity? It was captivity to sin and to Satan. And what was the price paid to set us free? It was Jesus' blood shed for us on the cross. Now, when I was a young fella, I used to love going to a shop in Sydney called Cash Converters. And uh, Cash Converters was a shop where you could sell off your old stuff or you could buy someone else's old stuff. And so it was a shop where you could make money by selling your second-hand stuff or it was a shop where you could get a good deal on buying someone else's second-hand stuff. Now, just imagine, just imagine if I'd gone into Cash Converters and sold them my TV, just say I'd been given $300 by Cash Converters for my TV... But the next day, I realised I'd made a mistake. And the next day, I went back and I paid the price to purchase my TV again at, say, $300 or maybe 600 bucks due to the markup they would have done. See, this is a bit like the gospel and redemption. 
See, the TV, in a sense, let's just say, for the purpose of my story, the TV has gone into captivity at cash converters. It has a different owner. It's in the storeroom. It's in captivity. But the next day when I go back, I pay the purchase price to set my TV free. And I hand over the 600 bucks and I pay the price to redeem my TV back to myself. Must have been a good TV, hey? This is what God has done in the gospel. He has paid the price to set us free from captivity, to redeem us back to himself. Our captivity was to Satan and to sin. And the price he paid was the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ so that we can be saved, so that we can belong to God again. So are you truly grateful for what God has done for you? It's been a wonderful rescue. It's been a ransom price that he has paid to save you. He's paid the price for you, for your salvation. Are we eternally grateful? And how do we express our gratefulness to God in our life? Well, the third thing we see in the passage is that we're saved into the kingdom of the Son. We're saved into the kingdom of of the Son. See the passage, rescued from the dominion of darkness, brought into the kingdom of the Son, Jesus Christ. So we've been transferred from one kingdom into another kingdom. We've been delivered from the kingdom of darkness and brought in to the kingdom of God's Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I just want us to imagine for a moment a fantasy world of ages gone by with a fantasy kingdom. Just imagine, can you imagine a prince, the son of a king, says to his father, the king, Dad, why do I have to be a good boy? Why can't I have fun like all those other naughty boys? And the father, the king, says to his son, My child, you must behave because you are a child of the king. You see, this is what the passage is talking about here. We've been brought into the kingdom of the Son, Jesus, and so we've become children of the King, God the Father. We're children of the King, and just like the story I told, we also need to behave like children of the King. Let's pick this up from Colossians chapter 1 and verse 9. Have a look with me. He says, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we've not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. See, we must live as children of the King. How do we do that? Being filled with God's will, the knowledge of God's will in verse 9. Being filled with spiritual wisdom and understanding, verse 9. Verse 10, living a life worthy of the Lord, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. Verse 11, being strengthened with all power 
in order that God might give us endurance and patience. How we need that now in this lockdown, don't we? And verse 12, joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in heaven. You see, there is a certain way that we must act and live now that we live in the kingdom of Jesus. We need to live like children of the King. So how is our life matching up to these things that we see in these verses? How could we change and grow in our Christian life so that it looks like the person from verses 9 to 14 in this passage, filled with the knowledge of God's will, filled with spiritual understanding, living a life worthy of the Lord, bearing fruit, growing in the knowledge of God? What would your life look like? to be changed in this way and how could it happen well today we've been talking about the big word redemption we've been freed from slavery to sin and to the devil we've been freed from captivity by the payment of a price jesus died on the cross to set us free i just want us to imagine ourselves for example 200 years ago in america Just imagine yourself as if you were an American slave picking cotton back in those days. You're a slave and depressed and without a future. But just imagine the next day by a proclamation coming from the president that you were set free. You see, one day you're not free, but the next day you're in the same physical spot, but you've been set free. Well, friends, Jesus has set us free from sin and death, set us free from the devil himself. In the book of Galatians, it says, for freedom, Christ has set us free. We can be forgiven of sin. We can be saved from God's judgment. We've been set free because we were redeemed. We were set free from our captivity by the payment of a price by the death and the blood of Jesus. So what difference does this make to your everyday life? What difference will it make? What difference does this make to your future? Friends, we've received a presidential pardon, freedom, redemption. So therefore, therefore, don't turn back and go back to your old ways, but go forward and live As a child of the King, we've received redemption. Don't go back, but go forward and live as a child of the King. Well, let us pray. We thank you, our Heavenly Father, for what you have done for us in the Gospel. Thank you for this mighty redemption that Jesus won by his death on the cross. Help us to live as children in your kingdom and bring you glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh,